the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. What a good music to start a show with. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Oena and I'm 11 years old. So coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to Arvin Meskin. He is an entomologist. Do you know what an entomologist is? Just stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM and you'll find out soon. You're listening to Chai Kids on 101.9 Chai FM. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brian Owena and I'm 11 years old. Good afternoon, Arvin. Hi, Brian. It's nice to be here. Okay, so we're going to start with the questions. Right. Okay, so what is entomology? Entomology is the study of insects, and an entomologist is a person who studies insects um, like me. Oh, okay. So where, were you interested in insects as a child? I think I was, Bryna. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, across the road from the house that we lived in was a park which had lots of grass, and I'd often go walking with my dog, whose name was Chippy, and in this grass were grasshoppers oh. and um, lovely thorn trees. And I really loved this park. There was also a termite hill, and I would sit down with Chippy by my side and watch the uh, flying ants, which were actually termites, the flying termite flying, and the swifts and swallows would fly around and catch them. Mm-hmm. I remember those things, and I I must have been about five or six years old. Wow. So, so yes, I, I, th- I think I was interested in insects. Wow. Yeah. Um, were, why did you choose to study about insects if you were already qualified as a dentist? Um, I th- think that many years ago, I, like, Probably like many, many young people, I loving nature, loving the Kruger Park, I wanted to become a game ranger. Wow. But uh, there were certain things in my life which um, didn't allow me to do that, um, something I can't go into now. But um, I did get the chance many years after um, becoming a dentist to go back to university um, there was a professor there, a wonderful man, um, and he helped me. I um, went back to study on a part-time basis, and um, this is something in zoology, um, animals, insects, anything live, anything living. I've always loved that, and uh, I took the opportunity, and while I was practicing dentistry on a part-time basis, I went to, um, I went to study again. And landed up as an entomologist. Wow. So you said you went back to university to study. Yes. So what do you need to study to in order to become an entomologist? Um, well, uh, if you're at school, you, you have to have an interest in biology. Um, in the life sciences, maths is good and science is good. Um, you have to have decent marks at school as well. And most of all... A love for life, a love for living things. Wow. 
So you have to also have a passion for it. Most definitely, yes. Um, do you need special equipment when you work with insects? Brian, it depends on which insect you're working with. In my case, I worked with blowflies. Um, which are those little green and blue flies that Eels. you see? Yeah, the ear ones, oh. um, and dragonflies. So the kind of equipment that um, I used uh, wasn't mostly a pen, a pencil, a recorder, um, and a lot of patience. Blowflies um, were well. Blowflies meant that I had to sit in a place watching a carcass of a dead animal oh. I know <laughs> it's um, and and record the kinds of flies oh. that settled on and breed uh, bred on the uh, on the carcasses and um, I would then take the specimen home and the carcass home and breed it out um, had a little caravan an old caravan at the end of my garden and I needed that I needed space my wife kicked me out of my study when she came home um, one evening and found thousands of flies uh, on the on the ceiling of her um, in, inside the house, yeah, uh, they'd escaped from one of my things. So there you are. Uh, for dragonflies, again, and it's it's observation. It's sitting outside. This was more pleasant. The study sitting outside by a stream and um, watching what the dragonflies do. Wow! So. Um, what is your favorite insect to study? Dragonflies, but particularly there are two kinds of dragonflies. They're the ones with the, uh, the big ones um, with big wings, and there's smaller ones called damselflies. Wow. I study the damselflies. They're small, they're delicate, very pretty, and um, they occur at the side of little streams and rivers amongst the bushes and... It's much nicer sitting at the side of a stream um, underneath a tree rather than watching carcasses. <laughs> and in a room like surrounded. Yes, yeah. much better. Um, so how do you know where to find the insects um, that you're trying to study? Well, again, it depends on which insects you want to study. If you want to study dragonflies, you must go to water because dragonflies breed in water. Oh. Um, if you want to study parktown prawns, you've got to go into places, especially your garden. They're under bushes. They're under rocks and stones. Um, and it really does depend on which kind of insect you want to study. Oh. Um, so you said that um, dragonflies like breathe through water. Yes. Um, but... Sometimes I see dragonflies like dead inside the water. Yes, well, they shouldn't be. <laughs> Those are the ones that didn't make it. <laughs> when the dragonflies lay their eggs in the water, um, the eggs hatch into little um, nymphs which look like adult dragonflies but don't have any wings. And those nymphs live in the water. They feed on creatures like, um, like mosquitoes. Um, and beetles and whatever they can find. They're carnivores. But when they've finished and they, they've grown enough, they crawl up um, a grass stem or a stick or something, and then they change into adults. And some of them don't make it, so I suppose those are the ones that you're mm. seeing floating on the, on the, on the water. Oh. Uh, 
That makes sense. Um, how do you know when there's like a new species out? That's quite tricky, Bryna. There are a number of definitions of species and scientists as well as entomologists argue a lot about this. Um, in general, a species um, consists of a number of individuals, a population that look alike. Um, they share the same way of living and most of all, they breed with each other and not with any other kind of insect or animal. Oh, and how do we benefit from insects? Well, they pollinate crops. That's the most important thing. They're important. They fly from place to place. You've probably watched um, bees going from yeah. flower to flower. Um, without bees, we wouldn't have any food. Yeah. And they are very, very important. They do other things. Um, well, we know about bees and honey. Um, there are many insects which control pests, pest insects. What's a pest? A pest insect would be um, one that eats um, eats the fruit, ah. like like the those little um, flies, the fruit flies. And that spoil uh, things that we grow that, that human beings need to eat. And these little wasps, they um, lay the eggs inside the body of these, yes, it's a bit yucky again, inside the body of these, um, uh, of these pests, and they reduce their numbers oh. and so help us. But there's a very important thing that I think anyway. Um, insects are beautiful, um, especially dragonflies. And um, I think we should all learn to enjoy them. In Japan, for instance, uh, the Japanese um, the Japanese have written poems about dragonflies oh. called haiku, and um, they've also provided special areas for dragonflies. And that's another side to us. Uh, maybe it's a bit of a mystical side, but they are beautiful, and we should enjoy them. Yeah, all creatures. Well, uh, that's most right. No, all creatures. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you or do you help children overcome their fears about insects? I thought of quite a bit about this. Um, I think the main thing is to educate children, to teach children, a kind of show-and-tell thing, um, uh, you know, the first thing that people do when they see an insect is they scream and shout mm. and run away. Mm. Um, yeah, granted, there are insects which are dangerous, like things that can sting you. But if we know what they are, um, we should appreciate them. Each one of them has their own way of life. They have their own children and their own parents, in a way, and we should appreciate them. Um, but what 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 I do... Um, is I've been going to schools and showing the children the insects, and I also tell them stories about insects. Wow. Hopefully it will help people enjoy insects more and not be so afraid. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> um, do you study what effects the insects have on other insects and on people? Um, yeah, entomologists do. I, not really. Um, perhaps my blowflies, yes, perhaps with my blowflies. Um, 
as I've said, blowflies breed in carcasses. Okay, it's a dead rat or a oh. dead or a dead bird, and they they are like the vultures. They are in the insect world. It, they are very important. They clean up all the germs inside the insect inside the carcass, oh. and they eat them. And yes, so. Yes, so, so in that way, I um, I studied their life histories, how they live, and um, I think that's very important. Wow, um, are there insects that people can eat? Yes, there are. Um, if you, yeah, they're termites, mapani worms. You heard of mapani worms? No. Okay, mapani worms grow on mapani trees. <clears throat> you can see them in the Kruger Park. At about December, they large, uh, they large worms about the size of an adult uh, finger. Wow. They are dried. Many people eat them. Mm. <laughs> I've, I have, I have eaten um, mapani worms. You, you have them. You dry them. Um, you can put them in a little bit of oil and fry them, and have them with some um, sour pup. Uh. They taste terrible. <laughs> um, there are also um, what else do we have locusts provide a very important source of protein for many people living in the um, rural areas um, and there are also beetle grubs even ants uh, if anyone wants to taste um, and eat some insects you can go to the there's an, an annual exhibition at Witz University called Yebo Hocha. It, it occurs. It happens uh, once a year, and um, go along, <laughs> and, um, and they show you the insects. They show you the food. You can even taste the insects. Oh, I'll leave that for other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's take a quick ad break, and we'll be back. You're listening to Hi Kids on one hundred one point nine High FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Brown Oena, and I'm eleven years old. I have Ivan Meskin in studio with me. If you have any questions for him, you can send an SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019 or call on 010-140-3020. Now let's carry on with the questions, Ivan. Right. Um, how many days would you spend in nature studying a particular <coughs> insect? Well, Brian, I can only tell you about the insects that I studied, the blowflies, the dragonflies, they both, they both meant that I had to spend a lot of times, a lot of time in, in the, um, in the bush, uh, also in my garden and virtually all over the country. I had to establish for both of them where they lived, when they were active and what they did during the day. So initially it involved finding out where they are. And in what seasons? So that was about, I'd say, it was about uh, almost a week every month. I had to be out into various places. Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot, but having established that, I knew where they were, I knew what seasons they were um, they were active, and now um, I had to sit and watch. Sitting and watching blowflies was at times. This is this is a whole day from dawn to dusk. It was at times quite um, well. The worst part it was embarrassing because here was this man sitting in the bushes somewhere with a funny hat on his head, uh, looking at a dead rat with with buzzing insects all around it. Um, I kept hoping that nobody that I knew would see me doing this, 
but that did happen once. Mm. Mm. So, so that, that, that was, yeah. Um, the dragonflies are much more fun. You sit by the river on a blanket with some sandwiches and some coffee. and But that entailed sitting from dawn to dusk again, um, especially the dragonflies. I'd have to go once a month um, for five days. Wow. It took me eight years to finish my work on that. Wow. I had to do it part-time because I was still running a dental practice. Um, and, yeah, so it was many, many days. Yeah, that is a lot. Right. Um, people have – people often say that bees are becoming in- extinct. What would you suggest to people as how to help bees not become extinct as they are so important? Yes. Okay. Um, first of all, if you see bees in your garden – Ask your parents or someone who could help you to call in a bee removal company and make sure that they take the hive um, out of your garden should you wish to remove it, and you probably would. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they will take the hive, the queen and all the workers, and put them in another hive somewhere in the country so that they'll be saved that way. Um, Really, bees can be a problem. They they are they do have they do have um, diseases, and I think the best way for us for to help them is to support the research, um, support the people that are looking into various things that affect bees, like the illnesses, like viruses, um, and and that sort of thing. So I guess that's about the only way we can really help. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I've forgotten one thing. The use of insecticides in the garden. I wish people wouldn't spray their gardens with insecticides and kill all the insects that live there. Insects are beautiful. They're more beautiful than flowers, and I love flowers. They have life histories, and they are beautiful. So that's another way we can help. Um, so don't, you might not want to, from now on, you might not want to spray your gardens with the back spray. Yes. Um, in Joburg, um, in, I'm sorry, in Durban, there is a place called the Nunu Farm where children can go and learn about things, insects, and there's also a butterfly farm. Right. Is there anything like that in Joburg? Um, the only thing I know of is this Yebo Hocha uh, at Witz, the, the annual um, exposition uh, exhibition. It's at the Oppenheimer Life and Sciences Building at Witz. It happens once a year. And I think the, um, the zoo department, the entomology department, will help. If anyone's really keen, you can go and ask them for help, and they'll show you around and tell you about insects. But apart from that, I, I just don't know if there's anything else, and it's a shame. Yeah. Um, how can one tell when an insect is poisonous? Um, that's not such an easy one. Again, I, I think it's education, it's learning. Um, and I think teachers and parents should not run and scream when they see anything flying. Um, insects, yes, you can tell. Bees, we all know what bees look like. Wasps have stings. It's best not to touch any insects, but there's no need to run away from every single insect. You can stand and you can watch. But um, I think learning about insects is the most important thing. 
And you'll learn which ones are poisonous, which ones are harmful, which ones sting, and which ones aren't. I heard somewhere that, um, like, if you see an insect with the colors red, orange, or yellow, is it true? You're quite right. Um, they are usually either dangerous, yes, that's a warning colors, or they taste bad. Um, the bad taste is actually for, for their predators, for the other creatures like lizards and birds that, that catch them. And like a monarch butterfly, um, it has that coloring um, and it flies very, very slowly. And um, what's it saying? Eat me, I'm bitter, you'll regret it. And it does help them a lot, yes. Yes, so the red, that's a very, very good. Um, question. The coloration is important. Oh, now that's true. <laughs> um, do you find that insects are different in different parts of the country? Most what? definitely. Yes. It's, sure. Um, we have various different parts in this beautiful country we live in. There's the high felt um, where we're living in now. Um, there's obviously the sea. There's the game reserve in the low felt, and you will find um, the same um, related species of insects in various places. Let's take the dung beetles, for instance. Um, you know, we all know about dung beetles, I think. Um, in the game reserve, you get these dung beetles. You get lots of different kinds, but you especially get these very big ones that roll elephant poo. Oh. Okay, and they breed in that. Um, up here in the high felt, I found uh, tiny little um, dung beetles, which you won't find in the low felt, and they are rolling the poo and breeding in the poo of um, high felt um, animals like blazebok and um, uh, and mountain rebuck. So they are different in different parts of the country. Yes. Okay, and can you tell us about the blowfly and why you chose to write about it in this particular with this particular insect? Well, um, as you might have gathered, um, studying blowflies um, is not always pleasant. Mm. However, I was practicing dentistry. And I needed a project for my thesis at the university. Uh, while I was doing dentistry, I had limited time. That turned me on to some studies that I could do at the time I had available, as I've said, a weekend here, um, a few days there, that kind of thing. Um, and my mentor at WITS, um, Professor Hugh Patterson, a wonderful man, helped me with this. He suggested blowflies. I wasn't too keen in the beginning, but I soon learned to love them, believe it or not. There's seven, dif seven different kinds uh, of blowflies that breed in carcasses here in Gauteng. And they all have a different way of living, a different way of using the food without competing with each other. And they all coexist together um, and remain separate species. Working together is very important. It's very important, yes. What process do you use when you study insects? Um, when I study insects, I study the insects as much as I can in nature, which means observation, watching, watching and recording what they do. The damselflies that I told you about, um, 
they're quite easy to watch. Most of the males of the different species have got things, have got territories of about a meter in all directions. So I would catch them and paint them with my wife's nail polish. <laughs> she wasn't too keen on that, but anyway, and mark each one so that I knew each individual dragon, uh, damselfly, sorry. And I'd come back on those days and watch them for the whole day, watch what they were doing and how they made their living. Um, what is a, um, a territory? A territory is a space um, that is a, an animal or an insect lives in and keeps all other, um, other mainly females, animal or insect of that kind, out of that area. Um, you could say that a country is a territory. Um, South Africa would be a territory. We don't like people just coming into the country um, without permission. And yeah, that's what it, I think that's, that would be. Um, what else? Where would you see a territory? Perhaps, perhaps Impala. You've been to Kruger? No. You'll often see an Impala male, the ram, standing around by himself when there are lots of others all over. And, that's his territory. He won't allow any other males to come into his territory. Um, okay. So how would you study insects that live underground? That is the hardest of all the questions. Mm. <laughs> I, um, as far as I know, it's obviously it's very difficult. I can think of only two examples. Um, one can create an ant farm, which would be a see-through um, container, a big box, uh, and and supply the ants with all that they need, and you can watch them doing their thing. The other one, which I'm kind of guessing about, and, and I think it's possible, but it's difficult, and I think it's been done, uh, we'll take that termite hill. Um, the insects, the termites live underground, under the termite hill, and a hole can be dug and a glass plate put over this, um, in, in this hole, and you could watch the termites doing their everyday activities. Wow. Otherwise, that's it. So thank you for coming on Chai Kids today and teaching us more about the awesome work you do. Being an entomologist sounds different and very interesting. Thank you to my guests for coming on Chai Kids, and thank you to my producer Mandy and DJ Flo for pushing all the big red buttons. Join us on Monday for another Chai Kids show. Shabbat Shalom and goodbye, kids.